Welcome. Your journey starts with improving every aspect of your life. Let's Talk Corelicious Leave Room for Dessert podcast is about discovering your true potential, overcoming your fears, and fighting life like the brave warrior that you are. Be sure to hit the like, comment, and follow button. Your host, Miss V, the Core of Life coach, has over 20 years of military and personal life experiences transforming lives from a caterpillar to a butterfly and bringing on the top influencers, successful entrepreneurs, thought leaders, and more who are rock stars in life, business, and relationships. On days when everything seems overwhelming, someone must remind you that there is light at the end of the tunnel, and with rain comes rainbows. What seems difficult to swallow today is exactly where you'll derive your strength from on the days to come. You are greater than your fears and braver than you seem. Miss V, the core life coach, shares how the hurdles of today will build your tomorrow if you take the right road. Your brighter future demands that you can step up now and change the game for yourself. Listeners, episode five, Unleashing Your Business Brilliance. Welcome back to Let's Talk or Listen. Leave room for dessert podcast with me, Miss B, the Core Life Coach on BBSRadio.com. I am beyond excited to bring you another incredible epic and historic episode filled with inspiration and wisdom. Today, I have a very special guest joining me, Christopher Herring, an accomplished leader in business development, diversity and inclusion, and entrepreneurship. But before we dive into our conversation with Christopher, let's take a moment to understand the incredible work that I do as Miss V, the Core Life Coach. I am a guiding light in the realm of personal development and living a fulfilling life. Through my expertise and guidance, I empower individuals to unlock their true potential, overcome obstacles, and create a life they love. My podcast serves as a source of inspiration and support celebrating the triumphs of my listeners and encouraging them to embrace their unique gifts. Now, let's shift our focus to Christopher Herring. As a thought leader and expert in various fields, Christopher has achieved historic accomplishments that have shaped our society. In this episode, he will share his insights experiences, and the secrets to unleashing, I said, unleashing your business brilliance. Get ready for a transformative conversation that will uplift, motivate, and empower you. But what exactly is Let's Talk Coalition's Leave Room for Dessert podcast all about? This groundbreaking platform is dedicated to Exploring personal development, entrepreneurship, and the pursuit of fulfilling life 
Each episode features captivating conversations with thought leaders, experts, and inspiring individuals from various backgrounds. It's a space where we celebrate the power of positivity, kindness, and the unwavering spirit of rock stars. As we embark on this extraordinary journey today, let's inspire and support one another. Let's leave room for dessert in our lives, both literally and metaphorically, as we relish the sweetness of living authentically and wholeheartedly. Are you ready to dive into the transformative moments with us now? With further ado, let's welcome Christopher Hammond to Let's Talk Coalition's Leave Room for Dessert podcast. Christopher, I am thrilled to have you here. Welcome. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. This is uh, this is a great day. This is a, the day, really, that the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. I'm glad to be on your show. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. So let's deep dive into it. Can you share with us some of the key lessons you've learned on your journey to business success? Yes. Um, you know, I, I desired uh, and got into business really after uh, I had a a career in the United States Air Force. Um, my first opportunities to be able to serve, you know, within um, our nation uh, was within the United States Air Force, and I had a great opportunity to meet so many different minds, brilliant minds of our of our of our nation, and then also uh, when I was overseas, being able to meet uh, kings and princes and and all different types of uh, international uh, leaders. One thing that I learned through those experiences was to take good notes, copious notes on um, the various people who I came across, and I would try to take a little bit from each person to unpack how they were successful in, 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 in leadership, and then also and uh, this uh, topic of business is so important uh, because that really is um, important to how we all are able to do more for those who have an entrepreneurial spirit. So um, your question is is moving because um, I think that for me the the gift that I was given uh, was to have a gift of advocacy, and I learned I learned quickly that um, if you're in business that. It, you know, all businesses are not the same. All businesses are not created equal. And so, therefore, there's a lot of room to discover, you know, what a person's business is, uh, their full potential is all about. Awesome, awesome. Now, that goes into my next question. How do you define living authentically and wholeheartedly in the business world? I think that there's probably two different tracks that people uh, would use to define living authentically and being um, true to themselves. Um, I think that, you know, under this notion of America and capitalism, um, one would one would probably say that if you came up, you know, looking at Wall Street as your example, uh, you might have a mindset that is more cutthroat and that is more um, where you look at the people who are around you as your competition or your enemies versus uh-huh. uh, what I would say in my uh, later life as I matured and as I started to understand that um, when 
when our God created, he didn't create where there was a lack. He created so that everyone could, could be able to um, enjoy and do what they need to do. And so I would say that my, my, my grown-up perspective, uh, my mature mm-hmm. perspective is that, um, is that whatever it is that I've been gifted to do, uh, there is no competition, uh, there is no limit, and there is no mm-hmm. uh, barriers. It's, it's, it's the barriers and the limitations and all those constraints really are within us. Um, so Absolutely. I don't, yeah, so I, I would say that. And, you know, I, I did have at the very beginning of my Air Force career um, a mentor who um, really helped shape my vision about being in mm-hmm. business. And his name was Secretary Ron Brown. He was the uh, U.S. Secretary of Commerce that I had the great mm-hmm. fortune of being able to uh, escort whenever he came out to my base in Los Angeles. Uh, the general officer appointed me to, to escort him to various functions. And so being so close to the, the man who actually controlled the, the, the U.S. Uh, commerce uh, and mm. businesses, and for him to be able just to, to, to whisper at me and tell me, you know, things like, Chris, um, you need to form a business. Um, Chris, uh, join the Chamber of Commerce in any city, wherever you are, because that's a network of people, and you need to be in a, a network of like minds. Uh, Chris, um, don't get out of the military. Uh, the benefits are too good, but do stay the course of having a business, which if you are in the military, you can actually operate without having the permissions. Uh, as you would if you were working as an employee for someone where you have to ask permission to work for someone. So he says, start your business and then um, maintain your brand. And so at the Mm. end of a 20-year career for me, uh, I was in the position of applying for a position called uh, president of the Chamber of Commerce. And I actually Mm. applied for the Alamo City uh, Chamber of Commerce, and I was hired uh, as my first job coming out of uh, a 20-year career in the military. Wow. That's awesome, 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 mm-hmm. awesome. So let's go into this question. What advice do you have for individuals looking to unlock their true business potential and overcome obstacles? Yeah, so the first thing I would say is that any business has to have a business plan. And if you're going to have a business, you have to have a business plan. And the key to business is success or failure first should happen on your paper. Like you should be able to write down your business plan and fail or succeed on paper first. So therefore, when you implement your business idea, then this idea has already been um, proven, worked through. Because in your business plan, as you develop it, you're going to also sit down and talk with people who are already seasoned in business. You're going to ask the people, your aunts and uncles, who have had a, a business, a family business, and you've seen them do well, but you need to pick their brains to understand what made them successful because every uh, type of business has its own environment. So if you're going to be a restaurant owner, then you need to talk with restaurant owners, and you need to uh, press into figuring out who is in that business that wouldn't mind sharing with you because, again, um, it's not a, a, an environment that's very easy if you're going to be in a restaurant business. Most restaurants fail. So you have to be able uh-huh. to know that uh, the failure rate of a business 
and then also know exactly what resources that you have to have that will make your business uh, flourish in your first five years. Because the Mm. first five years is really the mark of whether or not you're going to have something that's uh, lifelong or if it's something in which uh, it's going to die. Your first five years is where the IRS even gives you the grace of of making uh, no money in your business for the first five years. But after the, the sixth year, now you're held to a different standard. So, so again, yeah. you really have to organize your business on paper first, make sure that you file your business type, whether it's an LLC, whether it's a, a corporation, um, whether mm-hmm. it's a, um, and I, I don't recommend sole proprietors and partnerships and such, but define your business type and then look at uh, the, the different types of businesses that also mimic what you do in your, in your, in your cities and then see what that uh, business uh, environment looks like to see if you're going to be uh, in a saturated business community or if you're going to be one of, of, of very few where you have to kind of chart your own way. But these mm-hmm. are the things in which I would look for to define future success in business. But definitely create your business plan, fail on paper before you put any true investment behind it, and get good people who can, who can help you to see what you don't already see. Well, that leads me into my next question. How do you incorporate positivity and kindness into your daily business practices? Positivity and having the right uh, attitude going into business is very important. And I would say that you don't develop a different persona when you're a business person than when you were coming up and when you had great uh, character and values that your parents instilled in you, you don't leave that to the wayside. You, you bring that into your business persona because what I found is that when people have uh, split personalities um, mm-hmm. and they're trying to what we call fake it till they make it. But the key is that you can't fake who you are. So be proud of who you are um, mm-hmm. and have the faith and the confidence that God is going to work with you. I would say mm-hmm. stay in prayer about um, your every step when you're in business because uh, you report to the CEO that's above, and that's going to be your new boss. That's your new relationship. So, I think so many people, when they get in a business, they believe that, and, and one of the T-shirts that I really don't like is when people uh, proclaim themselves to be self-made. Mm. There, there really is nothing, uh, 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 and no one really uh, uh, rises on their own shoulders. Um, there is no such thing as uh, being self-made. Um, what it is mm. is that we can get so caught up in who we think we are and have pride that right. that grows out of control, that we believe that we're self-made, but that only leads to our, our future fall. So I would say um, let's look at uh, your, your joy. Uh, let's look at your peace. Let's look at your overall fruits of the Spirit, so to speak, and make sure that mm-hmm. you really focus on those areas in terms of who you are, because those very attributes are going to be what's going to flow into your business that will make you head and shoulders better than anything that has ever come out. And I just really, truly believe that. 
Yes, I love that. Flow into your business. So let's flow into another question. Can you tell us about a specific moment or experience that has had a profound impact on your business development? Absolutely. Um, after I retired from the Air Force and uh, took on this this opportunity to actually lead a child care center that uh, my family uh, bought and owned, uh, we got sure. to the uh, to point where um, we really needed support and help, and the support and help also comes from those who are elected. So one thing that I would write down is that you need to develop a relationship with the elected officials that you put uh-huh. in the office, whether they be your council members, whether they be your mayor. There's no one in your city that is unreachable. Uh, you pay taxpayer dollars. Your business will pay taxes. Uh, therefore, you need to develop the relationships with those elected. So one of the things was in, in the business um, of child care, and again, I was in uh, the, the, the education business for about a decade. Um, these relationships were important because there's oftentimes things that happen, like zoning laws that, uh, that, uh, that apply that your business has to meet to the standards. Uh, there may be uh, introductions of new products and services in which maybe your com- competition, and in my case in child care, uh, the city of San Antonio actually went into the business of child care by offering a free program. And that free program, uh, for some of us, uh, led to our ultimate, you know, uh, closures because we couldn't compete against free and we couldn't compete against um, uh, employees who had a employee uh, benefit that was greater than what we could provide in the private sector. So sometimes you have to understand exactly what those environments look like. Uh, I would say, just to summarize and answer your question, the biggest lesson that I learned was that um, there was a group of citizens in my city that was formed under a citizens committee called the Small Business Advocacy. And so I asked uh, the mayor of San Antonio, then it was uh, Julian Castro, uh, who later became uh, Secretary uh, of HUD uh, Castro. Uh, But Secretary Castro appointed me to be the um, his appointee for this um, small business advocacy in which I heard from all types of citizens in our city of San Antonio uh, in terms of what they were going through in their business and the struggles and the opportunities. And so I became uh, the chairman of this committee at the end of um, of my uh, almost a decade of serving in that that volunteer capacity. And what I learned was is that small business is the driver in our local economies. It's not the big companies, it's small business. Mm-hmm. And so we have to have a respect for the small business owner, the mom and the pops. Uh, the, and, and, and if you're African-American, it's typically mom or pop, but it's typically not mom and pop. So mm-hmm. because that's our demographics of our community. And so we have to really um, put pressure on our local leadership that we elect to make sure that they respect the small business owner, the minority business owner, the women business owner, because the veteran mm-hmm. business owner, because these are the businesses that are carrying the local economies, and that when you put more investment into your local businesses, you gain more uh, in the end, you gain much more that uh, your economy on the local level will produce. And so 
That's the lesson that I learned. Invest in your in your small minority women veteran-owned businesses, and then you'll see your economies flourish wherever they are in this nation. Wow. That's epic right there. Let's flow mm-hmm. into three power words to describe yourself and why. Three power words. Uh, the first power word I would use is changed. Changed. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, change is, is a word in which when you start to reflect on um, who you are and what, what you know God purposed you to be, um, when you realize that you've made mistakes or, you know, and I will use a biblical term, sinned, you then have to, what, change your ways. You have to turn and you have to repent and you have to, you have, to have a different posture and position about who you are because maybe you thought more than, of yourself than what you should have. And so, again, uh, going back to change, change is a very important word. I find that some of the most sweetest, humblest individuals who are, are CEOs uh, are making tremendous uh, differences in their community by being able to be in a position of being blessed and then being able to push those blessings out into their community. Those are the types of leaders that I really respect. And so for me, mm-hmm. going from a position of what capitalism teaches us, which is uh, you go for yours and, and I'll go for mine, um, um, make that money. Um, it don't matter who you step on, who you walk on to make that money, but just make it. I mean, the, the rules of capitalism uh, are very hard and, and, and cold. But if you look mm-hmm. at it from a different perspective, and I would suggest a biblical perspective, you'll see that, uh, that there is not a competition that we need to wage if we're truly brothers and sisters working together. But what we need to do is we need to help each other. And as we help each other, that we have to have the posture of humility, and that humility is to serve one another. And as we serve one another, we'll see the blessing that comes from new relationships and new unity that takes place. And so that would be my first word is change. Uh, the second word that I would use as a power word is love. Uh, love is the most powerful word in which we can display. And love mm-hmm. comes uh, from a CEO to his or her employees. Love comes from a CEO to CEO relationship. Love comes from a CEO to his or her customers. So love would be a definite word that I would say I would focus on uh, if that's one of my, my words to describe who I am. Um, and then I would say the last um, a word would be character. Mm. And character is one where I'm not suggesting that I have had the best character. No, I, I would say that character is something in which we always need to work to improve. Character is something that allows us to make uh, the right decisions, uh, even when we can make a convenient decision that puts something uh, in our pocket, but yet it doesn't help the other people. We have to have better character, and that's what I find even today as a nation, that many of the issues in which we struggle with are not issues of, of right or wrong, per se, but it's, it's, it's the issue of do we have the character to be able to, to not only do what's right, but do it consistently, and then do it without complaining, and do it because we know that in the end it's going to improve our communities, our states, our uh, nation overall, and that we can actually restore who we are as a beacon around the world. But it's our character that we have problems with, and the character typically is that we have cold hearts, and the, the mm. cold heart leads back to that, that second word that I use, which is love. So we have to make sure mm. that 
and as I look at uh, Jesus as my role model, you know, Jesus always wow. dealt with the issues in the marketplace of issues of the heart, issues of the heart. So let us look at our own selves and then say, well, look at my heart and see how I can change it, right, change, to be mm-hmm. more like Christ, not less but more. All right. That was very epic on that one. Let's go into what strategies do you employ to promote diversity and inclusion in the business world? So I am blessed that I am actually in a position right now as the um, executive director or president of Global Chamber uh, San Antonio and Global Chamber Houston. And so the Global Chamber is an organization that helps to create business opportunities for businesses and, and um, our partners uh, without boundaries. We work from metro to metro, and we're able to do it with an international uh, trade um, uh, mindset. And as we are doing that, what I am finding is that as we look at this thing called global, the global growth, of our nation and the, and even how businesses are trying to have a global reach, diversity and inclusion uh, is is really the core of respect and and being able to develop relationships with other people in other countries that need or want what you have. And so I forge relationships through the global chamber. But going back to my Air Force um, career, uh, I was mm-hmm. actually. Uh, blessed to have been um, trained in diversity. I, I was uh, uh, tra- mm. trained uh, into diversity uh, in the 90s um, when diversity was really a buzzword that was being uh, 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 pushed around. And that, that training enabled me to, um, that I had received through the National Security Agency, I was the diversity manager for the agency. And then uh, I received my certification through the Society for Human Resource Management, where I was then able to do trainings of, of diversity and inclusion for not only corporate America, but for the, for the government. And at some point, I was blessed that uh, President Clinton, uh, who had his One America campaign as the president, hmm. uh, I was the White House uh, chair for One America for the Department of Defense. And so I worked with the Army, Navy, Air Force, and Marines to ensure that diversity and inclusion programs that the various services had uh, were highlighted and so that the the president would know exactly what we were working with. One of the strongest um, programs that our military uh, celebrates is the fact that for all of the special observances, whether whether it's Black History Month or Asian Pacific Islander Month or Women's History Month or Native American or Indigenous uh, History Month, uh, uh, maybe it's a Hispanic Heritage Month, that the federal government provides resources so that we can celebrate the various uh, contributions of employees of all these backgrounds. And so I ran uh, for the United States Air Force and Military Equal Opportunity Office uh, at Andrews mm. Air Force Base that I was actually able to put diversity and inclusion into work every single day. And as the chief of uh, the military equal opportunity, I was able to work with equal opportunity cases and help people who had experienced injustice and help them to get justice. So I was blessed in my career to have probably 
at least uh, 10 years or 20 years that I was actually focused on as a subject matter expert in the areas of diversity and inclusion. I live by it. I believe in it. Um, I believe Uh that we can only become better by being um, those who are really ready, willing, and able to be able to um, be positioned anywhere. But you have to to love people, right? You have to love people enough to be able to accept them for their differences and then also uh, learn from them because um, people all have something to contribute to your overall knowledge, uh, wisdom, and your understanding. You just have to be willing and humbled enough to be able to, to receive it. I love that. Uh, ready, willing, and able. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's deep dive into another question, and this has been so powerful and uplifting and motivating, so I appreciate you sharing your knowledge, especially when it comes to business. Can you tell us about your role as the past chairman of the Texas Association of African American Chambers of Commerce? Oh, absolutely. And you said you said for me to, to leave room for dessert. So, so I'm glad <laughs> I left the room, right? Because this is yes. what this is all about. Yeah, we leave room for dessert. The yes. dessert is my favorite. If I was going to say it, be honest, I would probably eat dessert first before I would eat my main entree. Um, that's not just right me. So, so I put dessert up front, but that's not always the best thing to do. Let me answer your question. So uh, the organization, Texas Association for African-American Chambers of Commerce, or TAC, as we call it in the state of Texas, uh, I, was, I was honored because after serving as the uh, president, the CEO of the Alamo City Black Chamber of Commerce, uh, I was elected to uh, my first term, and I served uh, really under, uh, under two great men, uh, Charles O'Neill, who is, is, is the president of the organization, and then at the time it was Jim Wyatt who was the past, who was the chair, who then gave me the chairmanship. And so I served for four years. Uh, that organization fundamentally brings together all the African American chambers in the state of Texas. Uh, and at the time we had 26 chambers and we had about 250,000 businesses, black businesses across the state in which we served. Uh, we served them through advocacy, training, and we also um, provided uh, them with the, 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 the legislative support to enable them to be successful. Uh, we put pressure on uh, the state of Texas to support African-American or black-owned businesses because the uh-huh. state of Texas uh, historically has been very deficient uh, with uh, the support of our own businesses. And what I mean by the deficient, so um, as a state of Texas, the governor is the chief executive officer and the spending that has happened in the state of Texas has has dwindled from um, a couple of percents when I was uh, the, the coming into my term as the first uh, uh, time as the chairman to basically one uh, percent. And now I believe it's even less. I haven't uh, actually kept track with exactly where it is, but it went down to less than one percent. So I would use the analogy that uh, for a black population that was probably you know, at 15%, maybe even up to 20% today, or maybe greater. I'm not sure what the actual census numbers are for black Americans, but I do know that black Americans uh, coming into Texas is the most uh, fastest growing state in our nation. So we, we put a lot of money into our state economy, but when you see mm-hmm. that a black business can't even get 1% of the available contracts in a given year, I use the mm-hmm. analogy when I was talking to Governor Abbott, and gave um, uh, my remarks to his speech that he gave during a Black Business Day that we held at the Capitol. 
that the that if he checks the clock, he will see that black businesses are starving, that they're suffering, mm-hmm. and that if they're waiting on a government contract to come through, they have better odds to go to Las Vegas and to play the mm-hmm. and to play the machines than they do to have to get a contract that they should actually wow. be able to do in the state of Texas. And that's one of the things when we talk about the uh, uh, diversity and inclusion. And when people say, well, we're putting forth a good faith effort, mm-hmm. hear that word uh-huh. faith, we're putting forth a good uh-huh. faith effort and that we believe that the leaders that are appointed to these various departments are putting forth a good faith effort to, to bring on those qualified African-American businesses into state contracts. Uh-huh. I would say yeah. uh, the contrary, that no, in fact, the black-owned businesses, while they are, they are ready willing and able, and they're qualified, and watch that, they're qualified, that they still Uh do not get selected because there were other qualifications of previous previous experience with state contracts that maybe the black-owned business didn't have. So therefore, if you're doing a comparison to the businesses that are selected to the Uh fact that black-owned businesses don't have the experience, nor are they being selected, that you would have inherent discrimination that comes through a selection process. So black-owned businesses, if they're looking for state contracts, were having a very difficult time during the four years that I served as chairman uh, for this organization. Mm-hmm. And these are the types of sensitive conversations that we're having, uh, Mr. O'Neill, myself, uh, Mr. Wyatt, and then the board, having with the state of Texas to say, you've got to do better. If you don't do better, mm-hmm. you're starving a population out that really – should be better supported. And that's what advocacy is. And when you put advocacy out there, which is your heart, uh, there's yeah. a lot of times you can be hurt. But that's, that's what I used to do. Uh, it's a great organization. Uh, the leadership is still uh, trying to enable black-owned businesses to do better in our state of Texas. Um, we, we do have to, I do have to say that we also have to encourage and do business with one another in a different way meaning black-owned businesses need to first do business with black-owned businesses if that's the B2B relationship that you need to build. Because if you don't take care of yourself, who will? If 1% of the state's economy goes to a black-owned business, you can see the state will not support your business. So we have to develop the strategies of helping to support our own businesses so that we support our economies and our uh, local communities. Wow, that's well said, well said. What motivated you to start Riverwalk Publishing LLC? Uh, Riverwalk um, Publishing uh, really came out of an entrepreneurial um, brainchild of a friend of mine, Gerald Givens, uh, who uh, had this thought of publishing a magazine called Riverwalk Magazine in the, in the city of San Antonio. Now, many people... Um, in our state, in fact, San Antonio is the is the number one tourist city for the state of Texas, in part because of the Alamo, and then in part because of the Riverwalk. And so, uh, back in two thousand six seven, we uh, saw that there were various magazines in the marketplace, but none had the name Riverwalk. And so, we published a magazine called Riverwalk Magazine. Um, and then we got the recognition of Forbes magazine, who said that we had provided a magazine that was going to provide uh, the economic, um, uh, 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 I guess it was kind of like the stimulus to the community that it desperately needed from the eyes of a minority publisher, right? 
because mm-hmm. uh, most magazines are not published by in, in the city of San Antonio where the majority of the population is uh, Latino, Latina, um, mm-hmm. that the black uh, percentage is probably less than uh, 5%, probably around 4%. So we definitely don't have the numbers, but through this magazine, we had a, a, a perspective that we were able to offer through Riverwalk magazine. And then subsequently, uh, I have now uh, taken on Riverwalk publishing uh, publishing books, actually best-selling books. Mm. Uh, so I have authors who uh, they, they, they really are they're hungry to publish, uh, have their books published. And as an independent publisher, I will uh, look at their manuscripts. I will push through. I will publish. I will get them bestseller status. Uh, I will work mm. with them to achieve their very dreams because um, that's the fulfillment of when you write a book. You want to have the acknowledgement. And so I will uh, do the deep dives Absolutely. to figure out the strategies that will get uh, my authors into the winning position so that they can be celebrated and that they can also be subject matter experts in their, in their respective fields. And then also uh, to get them to speaking engagements, and put them in position to be, uh, you know, at the top of, of who they are. And so that's a blessing. I've been able to do it for a number of clients. And you could probably look up my name on Amazon.com, uh, and you'll see some of the books that have come up. Uh, those books, uh, they have great rankings even to this day, even though they don't carry the number one bestseller, uh, because mm-hmm. bestsellers uh, over time, there's a new book that replaces the, the old book. And so I'm just proud right. to say that I have some great authors who I've been associated with, and uh, we continue to publish uh-huh. books in the areas of business, uh, in the areas of religion, in the areas of politics, and, and some uh, fiction and some nonfiction. So um, we, we can do it all, and uh, I thank you for that question. Awesome. Awesome. So let's switch gears. How do you approach business development and economic growth as as your role as a leader? I think I've, I've taken on that probably a little bit more than um, more than most. And what I mean by that is, mm-hmm. you know, when you volunteer and you put yourself in a position to help a city uh, with economic development uh, as a citizen bystander and then sharing with them all the various things in which you've learned about businesses in your city uh, I'm proud to say that when I left uh, as the chairman of the board for the city of San Antonio uh, Small Business Advocacy and then even chairing uh, the subcommittee, which was the Diversity uh, Action Committee, that the city of San Antonio was recognized as having the number one city for uh, economic development and growth um, for a city over a million people. And so that was one of our accomplishments. But again, it didn't come with money. It didn't come with me growing my own business. It basically was a sacrifice that I provided for 10 years to bless uh, the citizens with something more than what we were being offered. And let me just put a a quick pin in that to say that Uh most businesses in the city of San Antonio that were minority, that were small, um, Uh were capped at a very minimal uh, dollar amount when it went into getting a city contract. Like, for instance, the city didn't believe that we could actually do more uh, and and we never were able to receive a million-dollar contract. So one Mm. part of advocacy is I spoke to the city council and then uh, we passed through my committee uh, the the motion to have the city to uh, 
provide and, and to award contracts over a million dollars to minority, to small, to women, mm-hmm. to veteran-owned businesses, and then those, oh. those that ordinance passed. And then um, during our leadership, we made more m- new millionaires out of businesses that had only received crumbs and now receiving mm-hmm. large contracts. So that's one of the benefits of the work that which I had done. There is a direct linkage between economic development and uh, business uh, growth uh, for those mm-hmm. companies. But for me, myself, um, I didn't focus uh, on my company. I focused on um, basically helping in the advocacy role and in the leadership role of helping the various uh, businesses in which the mayor had asked me to look after. So I'm glad for our, uh, our success. But um, it was a it was a it was a it was a long period of investment, almost ten years. Mm-hmm. So, um, but that was where my, I guess God had my calling to be. All right. Um, so, how do you believe your experiences and achievements can inspire others? Well, I will I will go personal with you just to say that you know after going through. Um, successes and then also having like, you know, personal um, failures that um, you should always walk away with um, a position of, of humility that allows you to see where you went wrong, what went wrong. Mm-hmm. And so um, as I reflect on that question, I would say that I also had a very personal battle with cancer and mm. uh, uh, the cancer um that I had, uh, I had a battle with cancer for at least three and a half to four years, in which uh, at oh. some point it got to a stage four cancer, uh, oh, where wow. doctors literally were telling me that uh, I wasn't going to have life. And so oh. I press upon um, this just to say that my true success wasn't in business and it wasn't, it wasn't anything other than within my faith that I found Mm -hmm. the most uh, personal satisfaction to see how God worked in my life for um, I had a call from my doctor who told me after I had gone through so much that uh, there was no evidence of the cancer that they had declared to be stage four. And so Mm -hmm. all I can say is that uh, when you, when you're trying to, um, to live your faith and you're trying to really to understand uh, the heart of God, uh, he's, he, he changes things in a, in a, in, in a, in a, in a flash of a second. And uh, in my life, I'm here, I'm giving you a testimony where mm-hmm. you know, I was already counted out. I was already gone by many. And I'm just thankful that, uh, that he allowed me to see some things that I hadn't seen before. Um, and to do some things like, um, to apologize to people and to mm-hmm. reconcile relationships um, and yeah. to make um, those bold moves because those are the hardest things that we can do as people uh, to look someone in the face and that you may have wronged. And as in business, mm-hmm. sometimes we do those things purposeful and we try to act like nothing never happened, but to have the courage to, to, to live out your faith is one of the, mm-hmm. the best things in which I did for myself. And I just uh, give God all the praise, honor, and the glory uh, for helping me uh, when uh, that was my solution to my healing. 
Wow. I love that. Solution to your healing. And let's go into what advice do you have for aspiring entrepreneurs and business leaders? What advice can you give them? You know, these days um, I am, I feel like I'm a dinosaur. Uh, and, what, and when I say that, I'm seeing so many different things that are happening in, in business that it's not the same business environment in which I saw coming up and growing up. I see young, uh, young entrepreneurs now uh, in different lines of business that were never um, in, a, in effect when we were coming up. You know, we have words mm-hmm. like AI, and AI is, 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 is really shaping so much right now, this artificial mm-hmm. intelligence that we're, we're seeing where systems are designed to learn from systems, and, and it's revolutionary. It, it's happening before our eyes in, in split nanoseconds. Mm-hmm. And, and believe me, um, if you're not on top of what AI is doing right now, you may be left behind. Uh, this may be the, the tsunami uh, of our modern day. So we all have to stay on top of it. But when I look at business today, to be honest with you, um, I, I, just, I just say I'm looking at so many different young people in their various business endeavors, and they're making money. Uh, they're using all types of cash apps and Venmos. And, I mean, they're making money. And they're mm-hmm. making money not in the same traditional models in which we came up mm-hmm. with. Uh, yeah, older generation. Absolutely. I mean, I'm 50 in my 50s, and so uh, I'm just saying that there's so much room to learn from our young people. One of my people who I really look up to now is my daughter Maya. Uh, my daughter Maya is a is a ferocious uh, business person, um, and I don't know where I say I don't know where she got it from, but I, I will say that she learned <laughs> okay. a lot from her mother. She learned a lot from her mother. She learned a lot probably from me. But you know, you go to myherring.com. And myherring.com, you know, I've, I've learned so much about how my daughter uh, went out and she created her own business. Uh, she became a, a brand ambassador for a number of, of, of big companies. And uh, uh-huh. she's able to not only she's, she's going to college at Texas A&M, um, but she's, she doesn't ask me for money because she's making money. And so I'm like, wow, right. this is incredible. That part. Yeah, incredible. Yeah, that part, right. Yeah, that, I love that part. <laughs> yes, yes. Yeah. Now, we, I love how you said um, with the young adults uh, that are business owners, they're like modern-day tsunami. Let's deep dive into how do you see the future of business development and entrepreneurship evolving? Well, the evolution doesn't really change. Um, I think that, you know, I'm going to just take you back to Genesis <laughs> uh, okay. because uh, I'll say that God was the very first entrepreneur. Uh, the, the Bible clearly says, for those who read the Bible, it says that in the beginning God created. And so since we were fashioned in God's image, we have the same ability to create, and that's what entrepreneurs do. I believe that Genesis 1 really talks to the heart and the spirit of the entrepreneur. I believe that Genesis 1 should be mandatory reading for every person who wants to be in business. In fact, it gets so good that when you look at Genesis and it says that God made something and then he says it was good, God gave himself his own first Google review. Uh huh. That's dessert for you. He said it was good. And so when people look at 
when you look at your own business, you should be able to do just like God did. Look at your business and then put a, a grade to it. Is it good? Is it is it excellent? Is it poor? But always strive to be good because that was a standard God mm-hmm. put before us. So the model for being an entrepreneur, a model for being successful in business is already there. And it and it's not like we're have evolved or we're gonna we're gonna see something different in business development. We're gonna see something different. No, we're not gonna see anything different. We're just following mm-hmm. the model. Every generation has a chance to do that. Um, you know, business is pretty uh simple, right? It's um you have a product or service. Uh you have to market That's it, right. you have to sell it. Uh, someone has to buy it. Someone has to buy your consulting service. Um, and so the model doesn't really change. Uh, the laws of supply and demand do not change. What we have to do is, though, we have to be better at it from an education perspective. We have to study it to show ourselves approved, right? We have to be able to, to mm-hmm. know um, uh, what the economy of the world looks like. That's why I like that's really what I like about the global chamber. And I like uh, global logistics careers. Um, there's a couple of people who um, I really admire in terms of the global uh, logistics, um, Jorge Canavati. Uh, he was a chairman uh, of, of the board for global chamber, San Antonio and Venezia Atkins, who's my current vice chair. But when you talk to someone who is in logistics and, and which I would say to any entrepreneur, if you have the aspiration of making yourself go global, have a friend and someone that does global logistics because typically they are studying the world economy and they understand about uh, the deviations in, 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 in prices, for instance. They understand about the shortages that are occurring around the world. They know it probably better than some of the people on the news that report it, but they do it because Everything has to be moved, whether it's through an airport, whether it's through a seaport, whether it's things have to be moved. And so in order for you to get a product into America's economy, it has to come through what customs and, and there's prices that mm-hmm. are impacted because of all this movement. So make one, one, one real quick hint is make someone that's mm-hmm. in global logistics your best friend. So that way uh, you can help to understand uh, the laws of supply and demand and, and, and competition and what uh, that looks like, because that's really the battleground in which m- many people just don't understand. Wow, that, that's awesome. Well, we're coming up on uh, this uh, 55 minutes. we got a few more minutes, but I do have one more question for you before you tell us a little bit about how we can get a hold of you. What legacy do you hope to leave behind through your work? The legacy of love, the legacy of um, just sharing, um, being able to be uh, in a position where other people can see that when you love on other people and and not necessarily yourself, but you look at, because I know self-love is a concept in which we all try to explore, but I think that ultimately um, being gracious, uh, being hospitable, being loving, and everything in which we do is going to be a reflection of who we are. Um, yeah, we can, we can hope to be, you know, the, uh, the geniuses of our day and we can isolate ourselves and we can, um, and believe that we're self-made and, and all of these things. But I would tell you, I think the legacy for me is just to know that love is so important that in every facet of my work, I would like for someone to say that, well, he loved on people that made it possible for business 
development and, 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 and economic development to occur. Um, I've learned even in my advocacy because I used to be a very fierce fighter with my words. Uh, wow. I was good. Yeah, I, I, you know, my words could be a weapon and I would tear uh, someone down in order to show how wrong they were. And uh, uh-huh. I developed a reputation uh, through that. But then, you know what, uh, through a very humbling process uh, of, of, ex- of things in which we go through, I learned that, that was not the right way. So I'd rather now develop yeah. a better relationship with people by loving on them and showing them through a posture and position of love so that they can understand and hopefully have more compassion for someone who is going through that same circumstance or situation. And I'm finding that through that little change for me that I'm able to Mm -hmm. get even more uh, favorable results for those uh, people who I care about and that who need a helping hand and that who need the advocacy and who need the research and who need the training uh, to move their businesses forward. So for me as a leader, uh, I'm simply looking at the opportunity to help those uh, to further their businesses. I'll take the time uh, to hear what they have, um, and uh, in the end, they'll be blessed, and hopefully uh, they'll remember me as they uh, are successful because they'll bless me in return. Very quick. First of all, I'd like to thank you, Christopher, for coming on Let's Talk Deliciously Room for Dessert Podcast. This has been epic and historic. I would like for you to leave them with how they can get a hold of you because these listeners are all about wanting to hear more about influencers that comes on the show. Tell us how to get a hold of you. Yeah, simply they can uh, send me an email at uh, Christopher at globalchamber.org. Um, that's the first method. Um, my uh, website is ChristopherCHerring.com. Uh, um, they can see uh, me there, and also uh, I'll drop my number. Uh, it's very simple, 210-459-5321, and I would love to help any uh, person who has a book uh, that's, uh, that they need to give birth to uh, because uh, I've, been, I've been very gifted to help uh, authors to publish, to be published and to re- reach bestseller status and to be able to have a fulfilling um, book tour uh, that shows uh, their expertise uh, or just really talks about uh, their passion. So I'm open to all conversations, and I thank you so much for the opportunity uh, to leave a little bit of, um, of knowledge, wisdom, and understanding with this group today. Uh, this is truly a great opportunity for me to uh, share dessert with your audience. So thank you so much. Thank you, Christopher Harry. We'll see you next time. Bye for now. Be blessed. Thank you. Let's talk Corlicious Leave Room for Dessert podcast with Miss V. The Core Life Coach will give you the tools to build resilience and activate the leader within and identify what truly matters in your life. Some years down the line, you'll look back and smile at how you thought you might not get through it. That's when you'll be proud of yourself for prioritizing your well-being and personal growth. You are the rock star that your family and kids look up to for light. Let's help you grow and evolve with Let's Talk Corelicious Leave Room for Dessert podcast with Miss V, the Core Life Coach, an unparalleled opportunity to truly live up to your fullest potential and find comfort in your own skin.